What's up and welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes and I got a special guest with us. We got a DJ, producer, uh, cultural specialist, we might be able to say, uh, and healthcare worker as well. Uh, we got Morad Devadir, also known as DJ Mobiles. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good and you. thank you for the invitation. Thank you, for, thank you for being here, man. So uh, tell us a bit about you. Where did you grow up and, and how was that? I grew up in uh, Benin. It's uh, a small country from uh, West Africa, and uh, it's well known as a voodoo like uh, house because, like, during the slave uh, period, like a lot of slaves come from uh, my country and go to eighty different different uh, country, and we have like the same culture. Yes, but I'm, I come from Benin. Wow! It's, so it's it's where voodoo was invented. Yes, it's like it's literally like the voodoo house. Like every 10 January, like we have like a voodoo day, and it's a big thing. Like you can just if you put Benin, B-E-N-I-N, you put it on Google, you go on Wikipedia, is like in the first five or ten line, you will see that. Okay, so so people that don't know about voodoo, and, and you come from the place that voodoo wasn't meant to, can you like explain a bit of what it is? What is it is voodoo, it's like, uh, to be honest with you, me, uh, my parents, like uh, I grew up in a Muslim family, and uh, but voodoo is, uh, how can I say, it's like our ancestral, like it's our like, uh, ancestral god it's like our traditional god and it's like we have like uh, i i'm not a big special but i know i know like we have like a thunder god a water god like uh, different kind of god and uh, we pray them different differently but there is also in uh, that culture like only one god but the thing is we have like different god to have access to what we need and uh, but the thing is, as uh, as uh, everything, like as a knife or as this cup that you can use to drink, uh, to take your tea, you can just use it to like kill someone or hurt someone else. So people can just use it to do like a bad stuff or a good stuff. Yes. It's funny that you say that because I, I, I read about uh, voodoo before because I, I'm from the Dominican Republic and right next to oh. it, there's Haiti. Uh, and people say that in Haiti, they do voodoo. Yes. And I had to kind of, it, it, voodoo, the people think is witchcraft, which is two different things. It, it's not, definitely. It's not, yeah, it's two definitely. different things. And the people definitely. don't understand that. It's two different things. And I pretty much had to learn that it's like, voodoo is like Greek mythology, that they have different kinds of gods. Exactly. It's the same thing. It only that it has different gods and they pray to those gods and they do rituals to those gods. So it's like the same thing. Exactly. In, in yes. Norway, it's just in Africa and people think it was witchcraft, which is, which is it's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing. But yeah, it's kind of cool that you, you clarify that because a lot of people, as soon as they think it's voodoo, they think witchcraft. And it's like, no, no, that's and not it. And just to let you know, like in my in Benin, in my country, like uh, with uh, Vodou, the traditional uh, culture, even if you go in 80, like 
they can heal like some disease, like uh, we have like, they can heal like AIDS, like you can have like a lot of benefits with that. And just a small story during like the slavery time, like they, it's like, it's, I don't know how to say it correctly in English, but there's like a two, a two, a two a slavery history in Africa. There's like one with uh, the Catholic people and another one with the Muslim people. And for the Muslim in, in Muslim religions, anybody who is Muslim, you can be white, black, Chinese or whatever. When you are Muslim, you can be any more slave. So like a lot of black people, when they know that and they have the choice to pay between like their religion or go to, to be like deport to another country and be a slave, they just, okay, I'm gonna become a Muslim. And uh, me, like, uh, yes, I'm a Muslim, but my what my parents teach me is to not forget where I come from, what is my historic, and I am Beninese, and, like, voodoo is part of my life, even if I'm a Muslim. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. So how was growing as a child in Benin? Like, how was that How was that about? Like, I, I will say, to be honest with you, I was uh, a little bit lucky because I, I grew up in... Uh, like my family was a financially like stable. So I, I didn't have like that much like difficult uh, uh, child, uh, you know, life. But in general, like it's really like, uh, I, I would say like we live by sport. Like young people, we live by uh, it, a soccer. We, we play like soccer. Like let's say like if I'm living right now, like let's say on Antonin Maye and the road after is Somerset, I, like the kid from Antonin Maya can play this like uh, summer. So it's like really like a really good uh, atmosphere. Like will it's uh yeah, it's mainly that I can say. <laughs> I okay, no, no, I, I get it. You you play you play sports like yeah, uh, football, which is uh, where, so so soccer yeah. or football. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very well. We just had the African Cup of Nations, which uh, congratulations to Senegal that just won. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I just watched it. I was so stressed, Jesus. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I felt a little bit sad because like the other team also play really good. So it's Africa who is winning. So yeah, yeah, the the really both good teams. Egypt was it was a great thing. So uh, how long did you lived in in Benin for? So high schools, university. I, I moved in Canada, let's say I, I spent like nine, eight, 19 years in Africa and I moved here and I say, I was, I would say I spent 19 years in Benin. Okay. So you went to high school there. Exactly. It's after my high school. I just say, I just stayed for one year and then I came here. So how, how was high school in, in Benin? Like how was the school system? You know, it's a, uh, it's really like strong, like uh, I'm going to say it's like really like old school. Maybe now it changed, but for my time, it's really like the teacher will beat like you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. if, 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 if you do something, the teacher will beat you. Your parents will come and they will beat you too in front of the class. It was like a really like street uh, uh, a, a education environment. I learned a lot, but you know, as uh, on everything, there is like a bad and a good side. So just to put like one good side, like the education, like to, to be honest with you, it's it's really, really, really good education like. But the bad, the bad side is uh, sometime uh, like 
they just leave our culture, like learn about like, we don't really know that much about our country or our, our Africa. We learn more about like Europe culture, I would say in general. Maybe I just have like two or three classes for my country or Africa. Oh, really? I mean, that, that's kind of strange. And, and I heard this said before by other people that that's part of colonization. Like Exactly. Like because, because our school system, it's based on uh, France because we are a, an old colo a, a colonized like a country from France. So like we many like, uh, it's like a little bit copy paste from uh, France to Benin uh, with a small modification. Yeah, that, that's, I heard a lot of African countries and which is funny, I, I, I met somebody that has studied in Africa and in Europe. And he said like, when you go to, I think he studied in Cote d'Ivoire, if I'm not mistaken. Cote d'Ivoire, yeah, Ivory Coast. And he studied in uh, Belgium as well. Yes. Uh, so he tells me that if you go to uh, Cote d'Ivoire, you've learned a lot of French history and French stuff. Exactly. Uh, but not a lot of uh, Cote d'Ivoire. But if you go to uh, Belgium or France, you don't learn anything about Africa. Like they don't, exactly. they don't even, uh, they don't even recognize that they colonized and they did all these exactly, things. Exactly. And, 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 and that is, it, it's really sad because like, to be honest with you, we have like a really like strong, uh, historic and there's like some stuff that they didn't, they didn't tell us about like our, like during the slave, a part like how like uh, because we have like um, in Africa before like colonization it was like uh, king uh, king uh, time right so we have like king of Benin king of this king of that and some king fight against like slavery right so like they didn't they, they didn't like uh, tell us really like all this story we, we learn most mostly about like the first world the second world like the Europe uh, culture, like Molière, this kind of stuff. Yes, but it, it's really sad. But in other part, in France or Europe, they didn't teach anything about our uh, our culture or Africa. I don't even think like they have like one class who talk, who talk about Africa. Or even the colonization of the countries, which is kind of kind of crazy that to exactly see, like they didn't exactly. even get that. And, and yeah, it is sad. It, it is kind of sad that, and I think it's changing now in Africa. Like I think I've seen schools changing their uniforms and their history and their curriculum to be more. I, I think to be honest with you, maybe you, you don't, you, you, if, if you watch like the actuality, like the news, African news, like our, our generation right now, they are like, uh, it's like a different mindset. And they are trying like to cut everything from the old colonization. Like in less than one year, we have like a three, uh, I don't know how to say like coup d'etat. Like there's like a- Yeah, coup, a coup, yeah, coup d'etat is a coup, yeah. Exactly. And they refuse like to get like, like it's like a soft colonization. Like like a Europe people, they will put like one uh, president there to like for the advantage, but- at this point, the population, like uh, they, our new generation, like definitely want to say no to that. And I think with time, all that will change. I, I strongly hope that. Yeah, there, there seems to be in places like Nigeria, some sort of African pride, they call it. Like they exactly. They want to make sure that they that what's in Africa that stays there in the culture 
exactly. is unique. And instead of uh, instead, what's happening now is that before the European culture exported to Africa, now it's backwards. They're trying the African culture to export to Europe. Exactly, to to and, places like and that. it's exporting a lot, like with the music. Like you can see, like everybody, like it's like Afro music, like everywhere like you have like a different afro color like in like the music area and also like uh, our african president the community they fight to have back like everything that uh, the old colonization like stole from them during like the colonization like our old like statue like uh, everything that they stole during the colonization they are sending it back now so like my country benin received like I would say like 99% of everything that they that I take during the slavery time as like statue, uh, like anything that they took and different countries are having it back to like, I know like England returned some stuff to uh, Nigeria and Ghana, even like US, like it's it changing a little bit slowly, slowly. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, hopefully that that gets like that. So were you like you said about because you're a DJ as well? That were, it was the music still since you were a kid. Was that a thing that you had before or? Yes, like the music, music with me. It uh, I would say like when I was a kid, like uh, in high school, I was like I, I was a lot in the music. I even like rap. I'm <laughs> I'm. I'm thanking God that I never put anything on YouTube because like right now I'd be like, Jesus Lord, I'm not good at all. <laughs> but I really like love music. And when I came here, to be honest with you, one way that I survived from the anxiety, like uh, being away from my family, it was music who saved me, like with depression, all this kind of stuff. And just to let you know, my first DJ name was Anonymous DJ because when I came here, my parents, they sent me here to come study, not to become a DJ. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when uh, I started DJing, like everybody was telling like, what's the word? I just put like Anonymous because I don't want to be recognized because my parents would be like really like upset. So is that, so is that why? But music, like it's a big part, like, even if you can see, like I have like my my uh, yeah, DJ, the DJ, there. DJ equipment. And so you, like, yeah. So let's go back. Hold on. You used to rap in school. Like, is that something you used to do? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I used to rap in school. Like, uh, I used to rap. It was me. I have like a small uh, crew. We was like three, and I used to rap. What so, What was I, the name of the crew? What was the name of your rapper name? Because when you got, you usually get a rapper oh, name. <laughs> oh, like, like it's it's like a. The, the real gangster of the street, like the, the, the real gangster of the street, the real gangster of the Ah, Jesus Christ. Sometimes I just remember, like, I just remember some stuff that we used to do and just like, my God, thank God nobody see that or nobody saved that. So was hip hop really popular in Benin? Was that something that did? Yes. Right now, it, uh, like, in my time, it was like, it, like, in, 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 I, I, I like in the 2000 hip hop was uh, like I would say like from 1996 to I would say like 2012 or 2010 hip hop was the big thing because like we was like looking like to like uh, uh, Eminem 
50 cents. Oh, in the club, like uh, Air Kelly, like it was like many, many, many import. But right now with like Nigeria, because like we are just beside Nigeria, we are doing a lot more of Afro now. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty interesting. So, so people were like into hip hop and now it's getting more more the into Afro. The, the Afro. That, so that's that's kind of cool. So so you were a musical kid in high school, uh, that, like say, and you had your own crew and stuff like that and you play sports. So when high school is over, what made you come to Canada? What, what was the what, why Canada out of all places? Weird story, but what happened is I was supposed to be in China. I was supposed because my my parents they 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 traveled to China to make business and I, and one day I traveled there with my with my dad and short story, uh, my dad wanted to stay there, and she asked he asked me what I would uh, I would like to do what I would like to to study and at that time at that age I didn't really know what to do and I was more like in soccer and I say dad, I want to be a, a soccer player I want you to. To push me like find like one school that I can learn like football like increase my 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 skills and you know like me my parents they are like really like old school my my dad just look at me just like you are a waste <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put my money to just to pay you to to become like football player just to have fun I'm not doing that but now when they are seeing like Mane, Mosala, Krishna, they're just like, oh Jesus Lord. <laughs> yes, but but the when I when I refuse to when, when I say soccer, my dad said no, I'm not sending you there, like just come back in Africa. And my sister, my older sister was here, was in Canada, and uh, she told me like everything is nice here. Like she she was she seemed really happy and independent. And I just like say, okay, I'm gonna try it. So I did everything that I have to do, and I came. What was she in in Moncton, or what was she in another place? She was in Moncton. She was in Moncton. I think she came in 2000. I don't know, 2008 or 2009. She she came here. She studied at Moncton University, have her degree in marketing, and then moved to Montreal, and after that in Africa. Okay, so she's back, back in Benin now. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Back so, what was your first impression when you came? So you came straight to Moncton because that was that was what you wanted. That because your sister was here. Exactly. So, what was your first impression when you came to Moncton? What I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing here. I came. It was. Uh, I will never forget. I landed here in 2013. The 28th. August 2013, and uh, I just came here, just like, what I'm doing here? And it was in August, and I was already cold. I'm just like, Jesus Lord, what what I'm doing here? And this is something that uh, it really like shocked me. Is my first class? I was uh, at Moncton University. I would say like the first two weeks. I wasn't able to, to understand anything from like what my teacher was saying, because like the French here, it was the French and the accent is not like, it's not like the pure French as what we, I, I was like, I learned in Africa. 
So I had like, at least like, I would say like a good, like one month to like switch and correctly understand what they are saying. Oh, wow. So yeah, I heard that. I, I, I had a friend that lived in Paris for quite a while and he toured in Canada and he said like, I, I had, he had a hard time in New Brunswick because of the accent. Yes. Uh, he said that Quebec is better to understand because yes. they have a bit, but it's, they still have an accent. That's not yes. the one, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. Now you came, you come here to Moncton. Uh, you're like, what are you doing here? Like, so was there, is there a Benin community? Is there a lot of people from your country or? Yes, there was like, I met uh, one, maybe you know him. His name is Jabba uh, and he's from Benin. And I was, I was every I was like his small kid, like every time because we do like the same high school, maybe he was like grade, let's say five, let's say grade eight, and I was like grade maybe five, and we used to know each other. So when I came here, I slept at his place for maybe like two days, and then I went in a residence, Moncton University residence. Oh, okay. And and one of the things that I, I heard from others, like the because you there's a lot of francophone uh, countries like Cote d'Ivoire, like uh, Senegal, like you you guys can because you guys can communicate with them and and kind of like have similar cultures. So I I exactly. see that as well. So so you had a a good. There were, I know there's a good African community here. Definitely. And, yes. and that that was a backup. So what what was the things besides the cold, which is the coldest one of the What other things were like different that you had to adapt here? I would say the accent. Right now, I can I can talk to you even if my English is not perfect. I can talk to you. I can understand you. I can watch a movie. But when I came here, it was. Do you remember? Uh, there is one club in downtown, named the V. Yeah, I remember the V. Yeah. It was during that time and. The only one word that I, I could say I, I could say in English was what I doing after the club. So when I saw one girl after when I finished, when the class is over, I saw I any girl that I see, do you want to hang out? And just like <laughs> <laughs> so I have to adapt my language, improve my English. And uh, without without that, like I think everything was really like similar. It wasn't like a, a massive change. I would say also. The fact that quickly I realized that I have to be a man and uh, be responsible, right? Be like uh, responsible of what I'm doing. And uh, uh, maybe we will get there, but after I came here in 2013 and uh, let's say I did like one year. In 2014, I moved to to another residence and uh, there is like one girl i every time talk about her but there is one girl she was in she was uh, she she was working for Moncton university during that time and she told me man you are muhad you are an handsome man but i'm going to tell you something that you don't realize like as a, and this is like a white a white woman that i don't know that that's we are not like family. She, she told me, try to dress up like uh, as a, I don't know how to, the good word to say it in English, like responsible, like- Adult, like, like a responsible adult. Exactly. 
don't like because I, when I just came, you know, it was like I'm not with my parent. It's hip hop. Like my my paint was every time my paint was every time like down, you know, this kind of stuff. And she told me you can be like a super nice guy, you can be like an awesome guy, but people will judge you. Will take like the first impression. And you don't want that. And the second thing too, as black, you have like a, a handicap automatically. So try to dress up correctly. And when she told me that, I took it as a, an assault, right? And she told me, let's try that for one week and see. And I changed the way that I dress up to go to, to school. I'm not gonna lie, even my teacher, like after like maybe like three days, I just realized like a big difference, the way that they approached me as a human. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, dress, they're dressed to impress. And, and that, that is, a, that was a good advice now, because I'm assuming you were really young, then you took it as a, but yeah, that's once you get older, you kind of take it like, oh, okay, this is how, exactly. the, world, how the world works, which is one of like, it, it's kind of funny because you said like, she told you like, because you're a black man, you have a handicap, which is yeah. you, to kind of realize that uh, immediately. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that, but you kind of understand it as you go, as the days go by. Exactly. And just to, just to let you know, like me, I never like in Africa, as you know, it's like the majority of people there, it's black. So I don't have to like, uh, I, I don't have like any weird eyes against me or something like that. But when I came, let's say for my first year, I just like had like some uh, situation. And now when I look it back, I just realized that those people are just like racist or mean to me just for free, you know? And with a little bit of knowledge, I just realized like that was racism. And it was, uh, and that made me like realize that I'm in a different world. And by what you are saying, like as a adaptation that I have to do, I realize that I'm in a different world and I have to make attention to what I'm doing. Because if I if I did something wrong, I don't have like another chance, you know? So yeah, and, and that's what you think. Like, like I hear this from a lot, especially people that have traveled to Africa, about black people that have been to like South Africa, Nigeria, Tanzania, places like when you go to Africa, nobody realizes that they're black. Like, exactly. Nobody realizes that's that's like they're like, oh, uh, like you're just another person there. Like exactly. it that they, that they don't even they don't give. I don't want to say people, but they don't really care who you are. You're just gonna pass like a random people. You know, nobody will care about you. You you, you, could, you, you could curse here, by the way. So no problem. You could curse this is a podcast, <laughs> but but yes. But that's what the people tell, like, like, like everybody's black. Like nobody thinks like there's not nobody thinks it. But when you come to America, yes, it's either you notice or somebody's gonna make you notice. Definitely, somebody's <laughs> gonna make you notice that you're you're like you're black. Somebody's gonna exactly. think like, like you're not from here, or at least we we don't think you're from here. And I'm just gonna tell you something. Ninety nine, I would say ninety five percent of student who came here people make them notice that they are not uh <laughs> that people make them notice they are black you know 
by experience, definitely. And when you notice that, you're just like, okay, I, I have to know how to put my step out. Well, the, there's this funny story. I have a friend from St. John. His family lived from St. John. They're black. They're, they're what you would call black loyalists. They've been here for hundreds of years. Yes. Uh, and every time he goes, it's like, where are you from? St. John. No, no, no. Where are you really from? St. John. Where's your mom from? St. John. Where's your grandma from? St. John. Like, it's, we've never been out of here. Like, we're from exactly. here. But because he's black, he's like, oh, wait, you're, they don't, they don't, they don't. Some people don't comprehend that, exactly. that there's black people here and there's here. people that they're, and you know we're the same as you we just happen to have a melatonin skin right but they don't see it like some people they, don't they, see they, it like that they don't understand that like there is like more than two or three generation of black people who have been living here before and what i learned is they like there was uh, um during, I don't know which war it was, but like there was a, a black people who was living here like after the second war apparently. And then they, they, they moved them to Halifax, something like that. But black people was here like way, 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 well, way, way. I, I can tell you this, uh, black people have been here since the 16, 1700s. Yes, they've been in New Brunswick since the people, there've been black people since the 1700s. Uh, the first black business in New Brunswick was in like, the 1800s. This, Yeah, 1600s. Jesus. The first registered black business that we can see was a saloon from a black person. He was an ex-slave and he was in 1867. Wow. So there's been black people for hundreds of years. There's six, seven generations of black people from New Brunswick, not Halifax, not Nova Scotia, which Nova Scotia has a richer history, but there has been people here for hundreds of years. So <laughs> there's not a lot of them, but there are. <laughs> and there's, wow. hundreds of, there's hundreds of them, not thousands, there are probably hundreds of them, maybe thousands, who knows, but there, there, there has been, and again, it's, it's hard to comprehend because people don't don't see it like that and that's exactly. part that's part of the of, of the whole of the whole thing but having that said like when was your experience like you said that you, you realized that you had experience with racism uh what experience do you remember here that that happened to you or, or that you reminded that you that you can recall that said oh wait this is or, or like oh i'm black or or they or they make you feel that that way oh i, I can tell you a lot but I'm just going to tell you the first one. And it's after, like, with a little bit, like, of uh, self-thinking. I just like that was, I can call that racism. Like, when I just, I came here in 2013 to 28 August. And uh, one week after, I have to start the school. And I didn't really know about the... Moncton University, like, uh, I, I didn't know like, where is the faculty. So I get lost, let's say for the first two days. And uh, the next week I have like to do like one laboratory and the teacher say, okay, uh, because there was another girl who was there and she was late like me. So the teacher put us together in the same team to work uh, uh, for, for the lab. We did the first lab. And just to let you know, the first lab, it's just like something that I already do in Africa. It did in Africa in the past. So it was really, 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 really easy. 
we did everything, we worked together, it was good. And we even have like A plus. The next class, the girls in like, go see the teacher and ask the teacher to change a partner for no reason. And that what, what happened and shocked me is the teacher, instead of just try to know like what happened or if I did something wrong or whatever, he don't even try to like do anything and ask in public who wanna switch partner with uh, that girl and me in front of everybody in class. I felt really, really shocked. That day, I, I feel it like I just, and we switched a partner. And after that, like in 2017, this girl and me, we were still in the same class. And in 2017, I was the president of kinesiology faculty. And I just told her, do you remember what you, you did uh, when, for our first class in, when was at Remy and she said yes and she said she's from Bathurst and she said what they they usually hear is like black people don't really like work really hard blah 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 we are we are lazy and this and that and she want to go to med school med, med school and she don't want me to affect her score because we are working in the team and I just like even the first lab that we did I'm basically like do everything like all the math it's me who did it so and she she apologized and say oh like i just like it's what i hear from people from where i come from and i just take that for fact and i just get scared because i want to have a really great a good grade to go like in medicine blah blah is that why and it's like and she apologized but for example that's something like i can call racism and the 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 meanest stuff is the fact that my teacher in that time didn't like do anything for that. And it was really insulting for me when we just switched a, a group in, in class. So people was thinking that I wasn't smart or I was weird or something like that. Anyways, but yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a crazy, that is a crazy story. And I mean, and the funny thing is, is that in somehow, some way we kind of go all people of color usually go through some of these things. Yeah. Uh, which is like, uh, it, it's kind of crazy that, you know, when people say there's no racism, or they're like, well- Who said that? No, 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 some white, <laughs> mostly white people, but, but, but you know, it's kind of funny because you tell them like, yeah, you just say it because this has never happened to you. <laughs> exactly. Right? You, you have no idea that this is happening because it, it's never affected you. It's like, for example, when we see uh, like, people dying or like children kids dying from hunger or people in in places you're like why don't they get a job you're like well because there is no jobs or there exactly. is no food but it, it doesn't happen to you so you're you're not affected by it you, so don't, you don't know this reality exactly so it's 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 unaffected so but it i still yet to meet somebody uh that directly and indirectly if they're in in New Brunswick or in Nova Scotia or PEI or Newfoundland or any part of Atlantic Canada uh, that hasn't been faced with racism in some way or another, some a little bit indirect way, like 
oh, we did, you didn't get this job. And you're like, wait a minute, I kind of qualified. And everybody's kind of like, this is a job. And you're like, well, but can you tell me why? Well, it's because we didn't think you were the right fit. And then you see somebody else that had a less resume than you that has it. And you're like, wait a minute. And, exactly. and sometimes it lets you doubt, like, was it you? Was it like indirectly? And there's the direct way, like what this person directly told you, like exactly. <laughs> what it was. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, this doesn't seem to add up. Uh, and it, it, it is, it is kind of crazy that uh, people get judged for the color of their skin even if they're uh, because again there might be uh, somebody that might be lazy somebody like people are lazy that's that's a common thing exactly every you can be like red black yellow yeah that doesn't mean like, anything if there is some people who is chubby there's some people who is lazy there's some people who have big nose like I don't understand why people want to like put a black coming a black people in one category as a, like under race you know well it's part of the it's part of racism and colonization like like again i think uh i think part of it is that is that because of uh black people were colonized for so long they they were made understood especially white people were made understood that they were a superior race Exactly. Uh, so, and it, this is a this is a misconception because again, you I, I could be way smarter than you. Have PhDs, have millions of dollars, and be richer or whatever economically, physically, financially. I could be richer than you in so many ways. Exactly. Uh, but uh, somebody made you think that because of the color of your skin, you're uh, automatically superior, which exactly. is not really the case. But uh, But yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely part of, of, of one of the experiences in, in New Brunswick. So once you, did you, when you got experiences, like did you talk to other people within your community that have, did they experience the same or did, did, you, did you ever talk about it and people were like, okay, it has happened to me too or, or was it something that you never talked about? No, I, 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 I never really talk about it because I, when I, From, I would say like from 2013 to 2016, I was mainly here for, I was doing like mainly like my school stuff, my, my music. So even if I leave something difficult, I didn't like tell anybody because it wasn't like really the plan. And also during that time, I wasn't like thinking like staying here. So I wasn't really like, implicate in the community here so like I didn't really care but after 2016 I just start realizing like some stuff and uh, like this is something that you can even find online I think it's 2016 or 17 or 15 around that time like I was a DJ uh, I, I finished to DJ at the Rouge and uh, I was uh, I, I had like one friend who asked for a drive And I said, okay, no problem. I'm going to give you the drive. And we was walking. We was walking like in front of the rules. And there was like one homeless guy, a, a white home, homeless guy who was just there in the cold and was asking for money. And I was just like, I don't have any money, man. Like, I don't have any money. Like, I'm going to give you tomorrow because it was Friday. I'm going to give it to you tomorrow. And My friend that I was giving the, the 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 drive to, he was he's a black guy like me, and just like and he told me, you know what, 
you don't have to give these kind of people like uh, money because like, they are white, they receive money, they receive this, they receive that. And I just realized even in my community, there's some people who are a little bit like, I'm not going to say racist, but it kind of looked like that. And I just like, okay, I have to, I feel I have to do something to try to change, to change it. So that day, the next day I put out a Facebook to like, uh, to collect a food, uh, clothes, like it worked really mass. We, we, we feel like to you all and like collect almost like 8,000 and we bring it to Maison de Nazareth. We, it go on the news. So beginning of, on 2016, I just start like talk about it, have a real action to fight it. So, yeah. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely something that the, the community service. Now, you said that your plan wasn't to stay here. What, what was the plan? Like, what was the end goal? The, the end goal was to come here, study, and uh, have an experience and just live. It, even now, even, like the plan, because when I was coming here, my parents said, okay, we are sending you to Canada to have a better education, to be able like, to have like a better laboratory, different, and with uh, having a degree from Canada, you're coming back to Benin with a degree from Canada, you will have like a better opportunity to be like minister or something like that. And uh, everything changed now because before it was no way I have to go back. Now I'm, I'm plus more like staying here or maybe go back, but it's like 85% staying here. And what made you change that decision? Like, what, what, what was the change of plan? Because I just realized that um, Jesus, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. In 2016, when I start, like, I start to like be more involved in the community. I just realized that I'm starting to have like some space here. And with what I'm seeing in this area, let's say like in New Brunswick, I would say like in Moncton, I just realized like if nobody stay as a international like French student to do like, to do some stuff, like our life will never change. That's the first thing. And the other stuff is, I just realized that like, no matter where I will go, if I don't fight for something, well, we're gonna be the point because I could just go back to Africa now and my parents with their contact, they can help me like have a really good position and I will start like really good career. But me staying here, making a difference or try to make a difference, it's giving me like more value. So it's mainly that, it's mainly, it's, it's, I'm more like in that perspective that the fact that like, I know it may be not gonna be like easier, but at least I'm gonna make something different for my for black community here, in particular and in general. Yeah, and, and that's that's a good angle to see it because I think it's it's a, it's needed not just for you per se, but there's a like I said, there is a generation of people that are coming that are maybe just like you, and now these these people can have something to relate to, and you can like I said, make a difference, make your 
make your presence felt, which is which is it's a, it's definitely a good thing that you're 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 thinking that way because I think uh, in in this place of the country, in this part of the country, I think it's it's highly needed. Uh, so going back to that, so let's let's get back to a happier subject, which is music. <laughs> yes. You're, you're like, when did you actually start DJing? Oh, what happened is uh, I was every time in, um, when I just came, I, I'm, you may be not, not recognize it, but I'm a really shy guy. I'm a really shy person. And my friend used to do like Jabba, the one that I told, tell you about, he, he usually make like a, a house party. So because I'm, I'm the shyest one, I'm just like there with the computer, just putting like one music, a one music B and I become like the DJ for all the after party or home party. So there is one guy, his name is William and he used to make like uh, events here, William and Alpha, but, and they say, okay, I'm just gonna give you the opportunity and start like be the DJ for our event. So it's like that I start slowly, like when, they, when we have like African, uh, event i'm gonna be the dj and i was really lucky i met uh, a really nice guy his name is a uh, sony d he was the dj at the rouge and he teach me some some stuff sony d classo i don't know if you know classo yeah i remember classo yeah sony d he he does uh ecg radio with me so shout out to sunny <laughs> oh really uh yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. do east coast group radio he 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 was the the thing because he he took me he don't even see like you don't even check if i was black chinese or whatever just like okay man because we used to do like the the african uh, uh night at the rouge on sunday and one day, just, okay, you have to do this, do that, and learn that. And slowly, slowly, slowly. I was really sad when he left the Rouge. He was a really good teacher. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's one of, it's a great guy. He's one of very, very good friend of mine, which is, it's funny. I remember those nights because I used to go to the Rouge a lot. Uh, that's where, because I, I was, I'm very interested in the electronic music. I do, that's, that's I, I promote electronic music events and, uh, and that's where you should hear. It. And I remember sometimes I crossed some Sundays and it was full of black people. I'm like, whoa, exactly. what's <laughs> like, going on? <laughs> like, what's going on? I never seen this many black people here. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this. Is, and he told me like, oh, this is an African party every Sundays, and it used to be packed. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And, and, and now it's uh, it, it it has evolved that now there is uh, an African more centric club. Shout out to Isaac, uh, yeah. which is a little bit more. It, it's it seems like the the community is growing. Which is yes. a good, which is a good thing compared to like, uh, and I remember Alpha because uh, I knew we used to work together. Uh, he used to tell me like, oh, we used to do this because that's the only day that they gave us. And I was like, exactly. Really? I was like, really? Like, oh yeah, they only gave us that day, and we did it that day. And I was like, wow, but it's packed. It's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we we get the whole room full of people. Uh, so you started DJing there, and I know you 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 for uh, a brief while you you left to Montreal. I think. Yes. What happened is uh, I start DJ there at uh, the the Rouge, and I'm just gonna make a, a small parenthesis for the Cosmo because you know there is something who is really important in this life. If you are not like uh, I don't know I don't know how to say reconnaissance. If you don't recognize when someone do something good to you, like 
is not good. There is this guy that everybody insults, even me. I'm not happy about him. I just think he he just like stupid. Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff. Yeah, he's quite a character. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. He's special. He's really really special. But he's the guy who gives me my chance to be like a permanent DJ in one club here. I used to play for him from 10 to 12, Friday, Saturday, and he paid me 60 bucks during that time. And after maybe like two months, I start play like one full night on two, like every, every Friday. But he's the one who gave me my chance. And just in that bracket, Jeff, he's maybe a little bit racist, but I'm just kind of like, he's more like, let's say stupid. Because he gave him my chance and he was really nice to me. Well, the, the, the thing with Jeff, and, and this is what people may not understand, is that there's different kinds of racism. Like racism is not just one thing. Like there's systemic racism, which is the system. Like yes. you can't see systemic racism. You, you can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't, you can't, because it's, it's integrated in a system that we live every day and it affects a certain part of people of color. Uh, yeah. Like, for example, where there was laws and people couldn't borrow any money to get businesses like people, exactly black people couldn't live in certain places in 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 the play like this this is a system right that that put in and there is that there is direct racism and there's the superiority like that that the, the legacy like the, the thing with with jeff is that he will make black people work for him or maybe have but he will always think he's superior yes because he's white Exactly. And, and that, that's the part of racism that he but, kind but, of portrays. But to be honest with you, to be honest with you, like I saw many stuff that he did, like many ways that he talked, even like during like 2019, when we do like the Black Lives Matter work and he started like saying like bullshit. I'm not, I'm going to say something for the time that I was working for him that I was working there. Maybe he was thinking he was, and he was still my boss, but he he never made me feel like uh, under, he treated me well. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with that. So, and also you say, you say something that you are in electronic music. Jeff, it's because of him that I start loving like everything electric. Like, I'm just gonna show you my part here. Like this, I use this to compose uh, an MPC. Exactly. And what what change that I had is this. For the fact that I play at Cosmo for let's say like six months, like because I'm here like from uh, uh, September to May for school time. And during the summer, I go to Montreal. That gives me opportunity to play in many, many, many clubs in Montreal because I was able to play African music and I was able to play like house music, like house, like deep house electronic. And in 2015, Fidel, I'm gonna tell you, I was the thing that summer because I was everywhere. And that summer, I because I was staying with uh, my friend place, I, I play like from Wednesday to Sunday. And that summer, I make almost like 15,000. I came back like, let's say 15,000 in cash in my bank account, just for being like DJ in Montreal. And yeah, so that was 
crazy. And there is like some people who give me like an opportunity to become like a permanent DJ in Montreal. And I refuse because the main reason why I, why I came here was for school. And my parents, they're going to be really upset if I never have like my degree, this kind of stuff. But after that, in 2019, I moved back to Montreal to start my master. And I start DJing for a one club. It's like a really like big club in Montreal. It's a candy bar. And uh, uh, I just came back because of the COVID. And I also realized this. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I just realized that like uh, Moncton, even if it's like a little bit difficult for me, I love like the way it is because maybe I just get used to smaller country. Is that why I came back? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it makes sense. And, and I think it's a, I, I call sometimes, Moncton has the, the potential to be like a mini Montreal. I think sometimes exactly. there, there, there is a potential with that. Now, now you, you also, like you said, you, you also did events as well. And you told me that you did a, a couple of events here as well. Tell, tell us a little bit about that as well. Oh, like I have, uh, I like right now, like before the African club, we have like one African club here and I'm really like happy for that. But before that, I was every time the one who usually make like the, the event at the Rouge, like for Afro, because the, the guy who usually make it, they, they, they don't make it anymore. So I start making it. And uh, now I just like switch uh, a vision and I, I, I start like one event on the rooftop of the Dolma. It, during the summer, it was like uh, Montreal, Quebec vibe. You listen a little bit to the house, uh, Afro, like on the rooftop music you eat. And uh, I did that. And I also, right now, the big project that I'm working on right now is the Afrofest. I'm planning, and in God's name, in August 2022, we will launch an official Afrofest in Moncton. Oh, and wow. that will happen every year. Every, 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 every year. And we, we will do it like professionally. We will put like everybody, we will try to put like the light on mainly our black people here like our black people who do like anything cultural we will put it here and then we will go like around nova scotia pei this kind of stuff but we want to like first give power to our people here and then like go search outside and make it big because like we have like uh we have like uh mosaic acadie rock uh, we have like every time we have like a, a, a festival happen like every year in Moncton. But the thing is those festival, they don't really call us as a black community because there is not, there's not really like a big stop to our community. But if you have like an Afrofest or something look really close to Afrofest for our community here, I think that will change something. Yeah, I, I think so too i think it's a it, it's a matter of representation i guess exactly like, I, i'm not gonna say like acadie rock is a good example acadie rock is a very french acadian uh side that people that that it's like an alternative side but they also have like the the acadian festival and acadian day and, exactly. and you know as much as you know shout out to them that, that's amazing but i mean yeah they could put maybe a one black or two artists but it doesn't really represent the community exactly uh, that, but, that is here 
they still try though. They still try because yeah. I I remember they bring like I think he's a Tikenja. Anyways, they bring like one one big artist from Senegal here, and they still try. But the thing is, you know, if us um and is something that do you know Mama Philomen? Yeah, of course, Philomen. Yeah, exactly. Mama Philomen. One day I I I I told her that I think that like uh, white people Moncton University don't do anything against racism. And she said, she, she told me, I'm just going to give you that as I'm Fidel. I come to your place and I'm hungry, but I'm not telling, I'm not telling you anything. How would you know that I'm hungry? You can't. I have to, me, it's me who living the, the situation is me who are in that problem. So it's for me, my role is to put out the problem and fight to make it a real problem. So it's the same thing that uh, I'm doing right now for the Afrofest. And I say like, yes, those people can be like Akadi Rock, can be Ken's Oat. They are doing stuff that matter to them. So us, as me, as Black people, I have to do something who's matter for me, for my community here and for everybody here. Yeah, and that, that's why I said that's very important. And, and again, you're, you're right. A lot of them try Mosaic. Does, uh, you know, like they try their yeah. best, but it, it's not... Again, it's like you said, like it's it's not a matter of like people try. It's like if, if we as a community don't do it, then why are we expecting anybody else to do it? Right. Like or to exactly. Work or like so so that that's definitely an understanding. Now, I want to go back because, uh, again, we could, we could talk hours about this. I want to go back that you said uh, you had some problems with anxiety and depression. How, how did that come out? How did you get out of that? Oh, it's music. It's music and meeting Like what happened is I was, uh, for me specifically, I was the only one black in biology, like in my, in my cohort, it my, it my group, the 2013 group, I was the only one black. So I didn't really have anybody to talk to or to chill with like at school or something like that. And when I finish every time class, I'm every time in my residence alone there. So I start with a big depression. I start like some night I, I can just be there like crying because I, I'm just like, what I'm doing here? My family is Africa and I'm here alone. And music, the fact that I start playing music and being a DJ, at least I know for sure that every weekend I'm going to be outside playing music seeing people, meeting people, shaking hands, giving like a punch, you know. So that really helped me with my stress, anxiety. So is that why I can't leave music anymore? Because it's like my juice. So it, it, it is like, it's like a cure for... for exactly. It's like, it was a big cure for me because it helped me go see people, meet people and talk about like uh, depression, talk about like a different subject, but put me out of uh, that environment where I was like sad every time and didn't want to do anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming that COVID hit you a little bit hard because of that as well, because you couldn't. Yes. Co co COVID kicked me, kicked me, kicked me really hard. But the good stuff is with the music, uh, like I start as a DJ. Now I become like I'm producing music and That's gonna be crazy, but in Africa, it was most like hip hop Afro before me to come here. 
it's here I, I met like electronic house or deep house, everything. But I just feel like some energy with this type of music. Like when we, I have like the drop, all this, like I just feel something. And during the COVID time, I produce a lot of music. I, I make a lot, a lot of my own house music. And uh, last uh, December, I went to Africa and uh, I talked with a different producer and we're going to make uh, a prod, an African prod, like a, a house, a deep house prod that we will like uh, put on TV. So we are working on it right now. Oh, that's that's pretty dope. So uh, one last question. If you could tell something to the Murad that just landed on the plane to Canada, what would you tell him? I would say, honestly, enjoy, enjoy as much as you can. Enjoy, like, take everything and eat it. Like, enjoy, 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 enjoy. Because me, I didn't. I was, as I told you, with the depression, I was a lot on the break. And from 2013 to 2000, I would say like 14, 15, I was a lot on depression. And it, the music will like uh, help me get out of that sp spiral. So I would say like for mo the more who come on 2013, like find one way to just deal with that depression st stuff early enough to enjoy all this time. Because now, before I didn't have to stress about like, paying like the the rent, paying food because I receive every month money. But now I have to pay the rent. I have to pay the mortgage, pay the electricity, pay the food, do this, do that. So yes, I will tell that Murat to enjoy as much as possible before now. Wow. Yeah, you're a responsible adult now. <laughs> Welcome to yes. adult. All right. So if people want to find you and the work that you do, where can they go to? Oh, they can just put like DJ Mobiles on um, Facebook and they're just going to see like my Facebook page. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put out like an Afro uh, mix for this Black Historic Month. And uh, yeah, Mour de Badir on Facebook. Yes, and they can find me like really easy. All right, so the, it, it definitely was a pleasure talking to you. I, I definitely look forward to hear your work and and the future looks bright, so I definitely hope so. Uh, yeah, if you, if you, again, if you ever need any help, this, this platform is available to you uh, for whatever you need. We, we think it's important to, to reflect work. And uh, so people that are hearing us, uh, please like and subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter uh, at Black in the Maritimes, or just go to our website, blackinthemaritimes.com. Uh, thank you and peace out.